0: 614 Startups Nation. Welcome to another episode of the 614 Startups podcast. My name is Elio Harmon, your host. And listen, I'm not even going to give them a, a guest introduction. This is my brother and my sister, Lolo and Ski of the Urban Business Development Center. What's up, Lolo? Hey. Good to have you.
1: <laughs> like, I'm trying to but I'm super excited to be Uzzah. here talking to you, yes. All right, cool. It's been a couple
0: of years since you've yeah. been in the hot seat, mm-hmm. so it's good to have you back. Ski, welcome for the first time. Thank
2: you. I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. This is exciting.
0: <laughs> now, we have done some clips, so we've kind of chatted about things that we're both interested in, but tonight is all about you guys, because I want to learn what's been going on with the you. I come here every week to record, so this is home base for me, but there are a lot of things that happen here during the day that I'm not privy to, so let's start with An introduction about yourself for people who don't know you. We'll go to both of you for that.
1: Um, So a little bit about me. I'm the co-founder here at the U. Um, I wear a lot of different hats here. And so one of my favorite is doing more so of the program development around like equity, um, diversity. um, How can we be more impactful in our programming? How can we be more impactful with the other organizations and partners that we're working with? And so it's been developing out. I mean, I, I will talk more about it when we talk about what it is that we actually do. Um, but that's like more so my favorite part, like the behind the scenes, like actual development of everything. So and I'm oh, and I'm from Dayton, Ohio.
0: Day, <laughs> Day, Dayton, land. Ohio, representing. So is that the gem city? <laughs> yes. OK, yes. And that's purple, right?
1: Uh, OK, if you say so. <laughs> OK, because uh, I see purple everywhere when I'm in Dayton uh-huh all right and that's what I want, or no? I d- i've never heard of that okay. but you know i don't want people to bash me for not because i really am from there sort of okay. we'll get
0: fact check <laughs> cool yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We'll, we'll put it on the bottom whether or not the gym city and the colors are purple all right Steve. Uh, where are you from let's start with where you're from how you came to live in columbus ohio and a bit about your, your background. All right in
2: that order i am a citizen of the planet i'm a world citizen okay. but i was born and raised in chicago And in my military career, I spent a lot of time traveling. So I guess I'm kind of from everywhere. This is actually the first place I've lived that I can actually call home since I left home at 17. So I call Columbus home now, Mm -hmm. even though I've only been here about four years. Uh, So George Zarepsky, everybody calls me Ski. It's a holdover from the military days. I couldn't shake it. It just kind of stuck. Uh, Took on its own persona. So I love it. I live with it. What was the third question?
0: Yeah about, yeah, about you, business. How did you come to be the co-founder of uh, the Urban Business yes. Development yes. Center, or the U, as I'm going to refer to it for the rest of the show?
2: When I got to Columbus in 2018, late 2018, I was at this crossroad in life and uh, startup that I was just about to exit and just other things going on. And I was, I was in a unique position to be able to just kind of really hit the ground and, and get engaged with the entrepreneurial ecosystem in and around Columbus, you know, all the surrounding suburbs as well. And I, I realized that there was nothing for the uh, side hustler, the, the urban entrepreneur, the mom and pop shop. You know, everything was focused for fast growth, equity share, nothing for survivability, sustainability for folks that are bootstrapped. So I really wanted to try to you know, make my mark in that area, in that lane, and met low, and phew, the rest is history, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, now, yeah, now, one of the things I love about the U is that you guys, you're working with business owners, you're building a business, but there's a mission at the core of what you do. So what is the mission of the you?
1: Um so I like to say that the mission, we actually came up with this a little while ago of like we take black and white things and we make them colorful. Mm. Um and, and so I like to think that we do that in everything that we do, we have three sections of the business. And so the core of it though is making sure that we are creating a culturally competent experience or developing culturally competent curriculum. Um, And so everything that we do is based around that. From when you come into the space, it feels very inviting and urban. Um, when you deal or when you're talking with us, even when you talk with us, like hence, like even our names, hence, how we engage in conversation, it's really like um, creating a comfortable environment instead of creating those barriers that people often face. And then when you get to engage with our curriculum, with our programs, you know, all of that is intertwined. Like the colorfulness of what it is that we do is intertwined in everything that we do. Um, what about you? What do you think? Right. Um, And Lo and I, we definitely have
2: synergy on what the core of the business is, but we also have passions. And so I always say that Lo is creative and I I critique her. She creates and I critique. So I have an extensive uh, quality assurance background. I like processes, procedures, that kind of thing. Um, Engagement, I think, and what we deliver. Uh, for me personally, now now Lo is building a curriculum. We're making the space inviting and comfortable, like she said, and then that follow-on engagement. So it's not just, oh, here's what you do, go do it.
0: Let us know when you've got to that step. Yeah. So- yeah. So two key words I picked up there: cultural competence mm-hmm. and engagement. Now. If you ask anybody else who might not be familiar with the work of the u they might just say well business is business why does a business center need to be culturally competent and focused on engagement why are those two things important here at the U?"
1: man um it's funny because i actually was thinking about this earlier when we were um, sitting um, in a meeting and so oftentimes i think that when you are an entrepreneur Um, especially when you're in a position of mentorship um, or educating and you kind of you've been in this space for a while it's easy to assume that someone already knows certain things like something as simple as what is an mvp or like oh like you can literally go down the street and get funding Um, so i think that because you know people of um, a certain privilege have been in the space for such a long time and been thriving in it that they don't even realize that there's certain people who may have a good idea and they're just struggling with the first place to start. Mm -hmm. They're struggling with, okay, how do I balance this, but I also need to make money. Um, And they're struggling with, okay, I don't even understand what it is that they're saying. You know, like all of these acronyms (laughs) of like, um, what is a value proposition? and so you know i've personally been there myself and i've dealt with a lot of people who have been there and so it was it's, that's the cultural competency part of like making sure that we're not leaving people out even if we're doing it on accident um, and making sure that we're providing resources um just access to be able to start something start something with a good foundation that can be sustainable um so yeah yeah.
0: And I, I think it's that belonging piece, like even before you get to asking questions about what do I do and what does this mean? You just want to feel comfortable. Yeah. You want to walk into a space where you feel like, oh, I could be myself here. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like about the you. Right. It's, it's like showing up and maybe you feel a certain way about your level of competence or understanding or your knowledge level. But when you walk in here, what it really encourages me to do is have my creative spark. I feel like you guys have created a space here where you think creatively, you can think big and you can engage with you guys. Let's talk about engagement, right? Like, so once they come in, they feel comfortable, they feel like they belong. You help them with culturally competent like, understanding, right? like a curriculum that matches where they are. What does engagement then look like? Because coming here in a classroom setting isn't necessarily what's gonna help them be successful out in the real world, just knowing the theory. How do you go beyond that with your engagement strategy?
2: Great question. So it's a long game, first of all. It's not short. Um, Let me back up a little bit and try to give a contrast comparison. The traditional organizations in any urban city uh, that deal with the small business owners, they kind of have a checklist. It's like the person comes in, they go through the checklist, and they decide whether or not they're at a level where that organization can help them. Whereas we have a little different approach. We listen to that person's passion, what it is they want to do, both Lo and I. We, we, we really have a, well, it's not a bad habit. It, we have a tendency to take on other people's passions. Mm-hmm. And so we can really get into it and we can feel what it is that they're trying to do and, and, and you know, the mark they're trying to make. And so the engagement piece comes when we really have that initial discovery and Lo is really doing this a lot um, and finding out if there's an actual business model there. right? So success for us doesn't necessarily mean that that person went into business. Success for us might mean that we help that person realize they shouldn't go into business. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just a hobby, right? But if it's not a hobby and they do wanna make a go at it, right? They do feel like they're in the right time, the right space, financial, family, all those things, then now we're gonna introduce them to resources to help them do that. And depending on where they're at, the map, we're we're building out a map, right? Here's you right? In the airport map, you are here and you're trying to get to there. These are the things you need to do to get to there. That's the type of engagement we're talking about. And then long term. So maybe they do use our accelerator for something. That's the first step. Now we can take them to the next level. Maybe they go to sea change. Maybe they go to rev one, you know, whatever the resource that's appropriate for what it is they're trying to do. We've built those relationships over the past couple of years to help get them to that level.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, folks. You've been listening to my brother and sister, Lolo and Ski of the U. We're going to be right back after these messages because I want to get into the three different aspects of your business. Right. And we're going to dig into that right after this break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Rev. One. Rev. One's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with Rev1 connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with Rev1 Startup Studio by visiting Rev1Ventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is Rev1Ventures.com. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back to my continuing conversation with Lolo and Ski of the U. All right, guys, you got three distinct what do we call it, divisions, parts, aspects of the U? What are they? And uh, if you can give us a brief description.
1: So I'm gonna let Ski start off because <laughs> I feel like I've been starting off so a lot. Yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll start off just by
2: hammering home that our core goal, our mission, is to serve the entrepreneur. So we've made a decision years ago and we've been able to stick to it, fortunately, mm-hmm. uh, in spite of the pandemic and, and all the pivots, is to, to be a resource for those entrepreneurs. So everything we do must be in some way tied to that. So the three main areas that we operate in are the university, which is the curriculum, the, the, um, the training, the workshops, the boot camps. And we also have the studio, which is where we're sitting, right? This is the place for the creatives to come and be able to feel creative and cross that digital divide. You know, we've got equipment and some other gear and stuff that we can help them with, and that's a membership-based type uh, platform. And the third thing is Theory University, and that's kind of the thought tank. That's where the strategic thinking is going on. That's where we're doing the d and and i type work, um, building, creating that curriculum, uh, not only for ourselves, but for other entities that may find it useful to help reach their audience in a culturally competent way. And I would also say it's not just us. I think it's uh, important to mention that. It's not just the and Ski show. We, again, really heavily rely on all of the other professionals in the community and all the other peer organizations that are doing this work to kind of get this this work put out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, early on in a business. Right. And you guys probably educate your entrepreneurs to really focus on that one thing. But it feels like in order to have been culturally competent, right, you were probably you had no choice but to go into these three areas how did you guys land on these three areas was it like a process of iteration or did you go in and just figure hey these are the three core areas that we want to serve in
1: actually you know what we did start off with an mvp Mm -hmm. and so the core of our business was always doing like the workshop aspect Mm -hmm. the workshops the education Uh, we did some boot camps early on and people took to it like it was it was a great experience i mean i will never forget the first boot camp we did that was emotional emotionally (laughs) like um it was amazing so that's where we landed at i think when COVID happened um shortly after we started the business we had to pivot because we were doing in-person experiences we didn't really understand what a virtual experience would look like with what it was that we were doing so early on but we didn't, we actually had a conversation. Yeah. Should we stop, you know, go out of business? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had skill sets, we had the space, we pondered about what we should do with the space. And so then that's when the studio aspect came into place. Um, and actually it carried us over through the early part of the of COVID. Um, it helped us keep the lights on. It helped us stay in, in business. Uh, we realized that there was a huge digital divide when it came to our community. And so we're like, okay, maybe we can work this into what it is that we're already doing. So that's kind of how that piece came. We still heavily relied on the, the workshops. We knew we wanted to do an accelerator. We knew we wanted to do that. And then we had the studio space and then people really started to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, like let's just work this thing into our business model. And so then with Theory University, which is more so of like our consulting aspect, um, doing the programs, the projects, um, the DNI aspect, um, so i would be completely honest. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so the, um, doing the workshops and the accelerator is not a good business model um, if you want to be profitable. It's more so of a passion project. Um, and we realized that early on of like, okay, this is the core of what it is that we do, but it doesn't offer a lot of room to make money, especially for the audience that we're targeting. And so we're like, okay, how can we be impactful and do what it is that we like to do And so we randomly got an opportunity to design some programming for um, some other large organizations here in the city, just like out of the blue. (laughs) And uh, so we kind of tested out and I was like, you know, this is just something that we're doing so that we can bring in a larger amount of money. Um, And I loved it. I love doing it. I love like everything about it. And I was like, okay. Well, we already designed workshops and education and curriculum around our core. What does it look like um, for us to design it for other people? And when we designed it for other organizations, the biggest thing that I've seen was that there was a disconnection in the impact. They wanted to impact the people that we usually are in contact with. They wanted to impact, but they had all these ideas of how they should go about impacting, but they weren't really connected. It was so disconnected, and they had great intentions, but they were so disconnected. And so I seen a huge opportunity in this space of like, okay, how about we start to, instead of you all trying to be here and connect over here, how about we be that for you? Mm -hmm. And so you have this idea of what it is that you wanna do. You wanna run this program. And we like to develop programs or we can bring in the experts to be able to help us do it. We will be able to help you connect to this target audience in the best, most impactful way so that now it's not just about numbers. It's about that you get your numbers and then they get the best experience possible. Like they're actually walking away with something. And that's the thing that, you know, I've heard about with our Excel, even with our accelerator right now the cohorts who are going through are like, okay, first, this is the most information that I've ever learned. And I'm thinking like, well, we haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty, you know, but it's so impactful. That the way they're receiving it is not just you know you're logging into a class like we're doing like actual activities like we're ma- we're pushing them outside their comfort zone. So I know that that was like a long answer, no, it's
0: but, important. <laughs> but- <laughs> it's important. It, it's important because um, not only were you guys going to do the boot camps at the outset, you wanted this to be a co-working space. Yes. That was part of the original idea. Like this was set up completely different. This was supposed to be a place where people came, they worked, they were part of a co-working space, and then the boot camp would be layered on top of that because you would have that footfall. Let's talk about that wilderness moment. When COVID hits and your best laid plans, you have to completely reconsider. That's one of the things as entrepreneurs we constantly have to deal with. What was that like for you? And how were was your relationship as co-founders tested as you guys needed to pivot?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you know, one of the other things, uh, along with um, collaboration being one of our core competencies, I think transparency as well. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not sitting here telling folks do this, do that, and the other without also kind of showing our skin and saying this is what we just went through. As a matter of fact, we wear it as a badge of honor because we have the recency, right? We can say that we just went through this. Okay. And so to your point, you know, that was a thing. Uh, there was another co-founder in the beginning, <laughs> right? And, and COVID affected our partnership in a very significant and critical way uh, to the point where that original co-founder, Ron Day, who owns Burger M downtown, um, had to go back and focus on his business. Everybody knows how hard restaurants were hit, you know, family, this, all those things, right? And not to mention, we were bootstrapped. So there was no pocket of money and runway. This was all money coming out of our bank accounts, literally, to fund this endeavor. Mm -hmm. And so like Lo alluded to earlier, we had that hard conversation. You know, we can do the work that we wanna do from anywhere, from Starbucks or whatever, should we keep the building? And the decision was simply made because the differentiator for us in this space, knowing our community, There's one thing to say, hey, meet me somewhere, let's talk about this. There's another thing, it's a completely different perspective when you say, come to my office, come to the space that we've established to do this thing, that we've created an environment for this thing, right? So that's the first part is that buy-in, that trust factor, right? So we literally, that was the reason why we decided to keep the building, without even knowing how we were gonna make it work. It was like, we feel like we need to have this presence so that the people we're trying to reach have a place to come and engage, right? So from there, it was like, so what do we do? We need to make it virtual. This is how much runway we have, so on, so on, so on. We only built the little back area of the studio out, and that was just for us to build our own content yeah. to engage with the, with the cohorts you know, virtually. Uh, but word got out, and then we realized, we realized that there was a market for it. That, along with the work we were doing with those other organizations that Lo mentioned, um, it has all been a blessing, man, I can't even lie. There's no rhyme or reason as to why things went down the way they did. I think, number one, we showed up. We put ourselves in the positions to be noticed. We leveraged um, uh, natural and acquired skills that we possessed already, and we just said, "Okay, these are things I don't necessarily want to do, but these are things that'll keep the business open for now. Let's do it. Let's just let's just keep pushing." And
0: that's what's gotten us to here, honestly. All right, Lo, you say you're gonna keep it real. That's
1: Ski's version
0: of it. You have anything to add to that?
1: I do want to say <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nothing crazy. Uh huh. But i uh, say that um, Ski and I have been blessed uh, with the partnership that we have. It's something that we so people actually tell us all the time. It's something that is unique. It's something that we randomly tell each other all the time. And so um, having someone that you can be in business with that you trust, like I literally trust, I'm pretty sure we both trust each mm-hmm. other to a certain level. So like... I was very apprehensive about keeping the building. I kept being like, listen, I I like working from home, Mm -hmm. so let's just get rid of it. (laughs) And he was like, no, let's keep it. And so that's all he had to do was just say like, no. And we didn't know how we were gonna pay for it. I just was like, whatever, like, I'm on this this boat with you. And it's kind of been like that back and forth. There's been times where I've made a decision and Ski's like, "Mm," but, and then we go with it and it works. And up until this point, we've been able to get to a place like now we're, we're about to bring on a full team of people. And, um, you know, like that's like ama- is amazing to be at. Um, so I just think about like now as we're entering into more so the scale, because we're starting to scale really, really fast. Um, our partnership has been the thing that's got us through And I mean, it hasn't always been like smooth, but like honestly, we never really. There's no issues. Listen, I'm (laughs) I'm very frugal, and you know, I'm fully aware of this.
2: Right, but we were we were down at the bottom of the piggy bank there for a minute, and it was literally a conversation of you know, we just you know, it's a good run, (laughs) you know, and then a contract comes through, and so yeah, that tries a relationship. I see your point. Um, we really got to see each other's true colors. But because of that, because of that, I trust her more than I probably would have had the opportunity to if it wasn't for those hardships and hard times. Right? So I actually look at it as that, that blessing in disguise where it's like, now I know to what extent I can trust I can trust her completely. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that argument or you know, the lack of argument when somebody says something is just because I know she's not going to come to me with something half-baked. And unless I have a, a very good reason to not want to do it, which has happened, then let's let's go for it. Because everything else that we're very we have to trust our bets because we're blessed and we've just had a good ride. So we've gotta we
0: got to give homage to that and kind of let that play itself out. Alright, y'all, this is why I love doing this show because you get to the nitty-gritty of being an entrepreneur. These stories that you hear of these companies with these large exits, a lot of them have similar stories about those wilderness moments where it feels like everything is lost but the core of the mission, the people that you're trying to uh, serve, keep you going. All right, hang out with us. We're going to keep going down this rabbit hole with Lolo and Ski. We'll be right back. Support for 614 Startups comes from Color Coded Labs. It's time for a better career in tech. Introducing Color Coded Labs, a 16-week boot camp that does more than just teach basic code. It's a program designed to help you actually get a career in tech. At Color Coded Labs, we've removed all the barriers to help you learn the skills you need to start a career you love in weeks, not years. All designed for people of color by people of color. Apply now at colorcodedlabs.com. All right, 614 Startups Nation, we are back to continue our conversation with Lolo and Ski of the U. All right, let's talk about the accelerator. You guys are just uh, ranked as one of the top accelerators in the city twice okay (laughs) by two different publications right (laughs) so yeah it's stamped it's verified okay um but who qualifies how do you guys go about choosing who can participate as part of a cohort for your accelerator and then what do they get what's what is the experience like for somebody participating
1: so um with the accelerator we have we want to bring in individuals who are like in that ideation phase, um, early stage, and so it's really important to make sure that they haven't gone too far into scaling their business. Um, we also look for um, mom and pop, like you know, kind of those non-traditional, um, not really looking for equity share or a quick exit. Uh, so we're we're not opposed to any businesses but when i talk to some i'm like okay you would get the best experience from us if you meet these type of qualifications which are those Um, we do focus on black and brown businesses but that does not mean that we're limited it just um, we do try to make sure that things that we're building in like for example in the beginning of the um, within the first two weeks we do kind of something that's similar to like color of business And so it's an actual class where we talk about the barriers. And we recently did it uh, previously, like with this cohort. It was phenomenal because really being able to see people, it was like a whole like, "Ah." Yes. (laughs) And we had an open conversation about like, what does it look like when you are doing business and you're you're black or even a woman? You know, there's plenty of times where I, I have a double-edged sword. I'm a woman, I look young, <laughs> and I'm black. Um, and so all of those things present itself when you're doing business. And so those are the uh, the type of businesses that we focus on. Um, they would get the most out of our accelerator. And then uh, lastly, it's a 10-week program. So they start off, uh, we really take the first two weeks to even identify if you should be an entrepreneur, but not in like a a hazing way, <laughs> it's, in a, it's out of love. Not like the,
0: like the apprentice? Yes. Yeah. Hey, you're not kicking people out, making them go sell stuff on the street? Yes. Yes. Okay, all
1: right. Okay, well, this might be a hobby, and let's just help you make this the best hobby that you possibly can. Okay. Um, and so, yes, and then by the end, they'll graduate. Right now, we have a partnership with um, the city. Uh, so. The Columbus City Council is going to be providing funding to give micro grants at the end of the program. So as long as you complete, um, you will pitch in front of a competi- i mean in front of an audience, um, and then at the end we will do ranking. Um, and then we also have some fundraising aspect as well. Um, so we we're trying to make sure that everybody walks away with either funding or um, access to resources. So whatever their gap is, filling that in with some type of resource.
0: Okay. Ski, Ski, why don't you give me some examples of some of these companies and ideas that you've seen so far to kind of give us a sense of what a cohort makeup.
2: Man, you know, it's really across the spectrum. It's so funny. Like Lo said, we try to focus on those main street owner-operator type businesses. We've had folks come in here with tech businesses as well. Uh, An example, Dante Cook was in a a, a winter accelerator accelerator, uh, two years ago, almost now, wow. And uh, we helped him get the business fundamentals down. He had an app that he wanted to launch, no tech skills, he just knew what he wanted to do, right? And from our course, he was able to get those foundational elements done And then he was able to go find developers offshore that could actually build an MVP or a minimum viable product, like the the basic form of his app. And then he grew and he went on to Sea change which is another program. And now he's part of Can't Stop Columbus. uh, And he's getting, he's a priority program for them. So that's an example of a tech company. It's basically a tech startup that we helped start and now they're growing and they've actually got funding. Uh, We've had people doing a lot of social impact type work, cooking we've got bakers we've got hair care specialists i mean there's is really no limit it is a pretty wide range of the type of businesses
0: okay and so how now this is back to you as a business right so you have these customers with varying needs but they're all kind of in the idea stage lo this is your specialty the creation of curriculum you're taking a very wide funnel And you're trying to make it work over 10 weeks for people who are coming from different backgrounds, talking about different ideas. Every business is unique, right? How did you go through that process of building now a curriculum that you can take people through in 10 weeks? And at the end of it, there's the promise of funding for some. But definitely, like in the case of Dante, the business fundamentals that if you enact, you can actually build a business.
1: So I. (laughs) I realized that when I was developing about the curriculum, and then we kind of tested it out, a bit, like trying out, you know, um, some curriculums that we've used, patients, um, seeing what really fits the best. What I think is different about ours um, is that it has this level of engagement that, in real time, you can pivot certain things so that it's tailored to that person's experience. So, like. When it comes to business, you have pretty much the same fundamentals throughout. Like there's this string of things that you need to include. You need to have your business model. You know, you need to think about what does market research look like? How are you going to reach your audience? Mm-hmm. And so that that's easy. That's easy. But what's built into the actual curriculum is like kind of testing your temperature and then from that, then being able to provide customized experiences, very small, nothing super grand, uh, but customized experiences along the way that fits you to where you're at. So I'll give an example. Um, one of the, the businesses that we have, um, they're, they're more so like they didn't really know what they wanted to do. They knew that they came in, they wanted to do like a t-shirt business. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to do this t-shirt business. So as we went along and we went to the business model aspect of it, you know, we already got through, you want to be a business owner. We go to the business model aspect. And as they're kind of like figuring out what it is that they want to do, Then that's where I'm like, okay, I'm testing your temperature. You're in this space. You're not completely sold on this. Your business model doesn't make sense. So I'm going to put you into this questionnaire that gets you to do critical thinking. So then you can see that there's a problem and then be able to test it out. So anywho, basically, I
0: I get it. But what it feels to me is like, you know how we all learn like uh, like human beings. Stories are great right so we love stories is a great way to learn but also playing games
1: exactly it
0: feels like this curriculum is a 10-week accelerator but it's actually a series of games that you're playing to to try to figure out one am i a founder and two what business am i looking to build is this really core to who i am is it is there a good fit and then by the time you get done you kind of know how to rinse and repeat the game because you've played it over 10 weeks. Am I right about ca-
2: Listen, man, you've, you've nailed it. And if you can read between the lines, you'll see that this isn't a curriculum that's established and there's a facilitator coming in and just following the outline, going through the syllabus and just making sure they're checking all the boxes. This is a very real time iterative curriculum. Like Loa's literally like just a little bit of secret sauce, but she's literally building in things week to week based on the level of engagement with each of the cohort. Right. Not as a whole, as each individual person needs uh, that engagement. She's building that in for each of them. And there is the gamification. Right. And there is the the community aspect of it. It's like that's that's the secret sauce that makes it so different than a typical type accelerator. And, And I know. And we could tell you this because we've got a lot of experience doing startup weeks, startup weekend, uh, tech stars. I'm on tech stars in Iowa, of all places. You know, Lowe's been in Sea Change and Give Back Hack. Like, we're engaged as mentors in all the other programs that are around our community and some not so close to our community. Uh, we get to see how people are working, right? Mm-hmm. And so, we're able to take nuggets from that. And this is an active thing we're constantly doing, constantly iterating, right? So, we can make real time changes based on what the new hotness is in the community, the entrepreneurial community for our community here in Columbus.
0: So I got the accelerator, right? I'm super excited about that. I probably need to go back to the accelerator because I need to I need to start all over again. I need to play this game one more time to make sure I'm on track. But let's talk about the creative aspect, uh, which is the part of the you that I get the most value out of because I shoot the podcast here and I'm, I feel like I'm part of the family. For those freelancers out there, those small business owners who are building something, right, but they need a creative space, what, I mean, why should they consider the U? Why is this the place for them to come and, and do their creative thing?
1: What does that mean? Is I was about to say, I forgot that we
0: even had other businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like the boot camp, or excuse me, the accelerator. Yeah.
2: This year, 2022, we came in very disciplined to stay in our lanes. I have a passion for the accelerator, but that's Lowe's baby. She's got it, right? And we, again, we trust each other. And in turn, I'm doing the studio. I'm the director for the studio. And was like, I don't even know what's going on there. We just, we just make it work. <laughs> the benefit, the draw for our new membership-type program for the studio is pretty simple. It's $20 a month, and that gives you access to our ecosystem, which is app-driven. It's all on a platform, a member's portal. And within there, we, we give free classes away. We give early looks to some of our um, accelerator and other workshops and boot camps. It's a community environment where we've got professionals that come in and hang out in message boards. It's kind of like a private Facebook just for our community, right? But anybody can be part of it. The membership comes into play because you get extra benefits along with that exposure. Um, so the studio rental is $100 an hour, whether you just want one little area or you want the whole thing. We just keep it simple, right? But more than that, we'll train you how to use all the equipment that's in here. So your membership gives you that training as well. And then you also have instant access to producers. So we've got three producers on staff right now that are ready to do work, whether it's live streaming, hybrid, uh, virtual only, whatever you need to help cross that digital divide, we have somebody that can just answer questions for you or do the whole thing for you. You just come in, sit down like we're doing today.
0: And what's crazy is that these are not just um, technicians. These are also people who are building their own businesses. So the interaction that you have with them while you create your content is also somebody bounce business ideas off of. So a lot of this stuff is happening simultaneously here at the U, which is why I love coming here. All right. So we want to talk about that last audience. So we talked about folks who are in the idea stage who might want to come to the accelerator. Your creatives out there. There's no better studio to come to than the U, all right? You never know who you might run into. And then finally, um, those companies out there who maybe have a grant, have some funding, they're sitting on it. They're trying to figure out how do we make impact. You guys have a way of going about that. So if somebody's out there watching, they're sitting on some cheese, why should they approach you? What's your process for iterating for that company or that organization? I'll go to you, you. hello. Uh, Low.
1: So I feel like this, So this is my baby. So Accelerator was my baby. I'm kind of like letting that go off. We have you
0: going corporate on us. Yeah. Okay. She's going. She's yeah. She's we going corporate on us. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, she, she has to become her baby, and I love it. So okay. Like, yeah. Um. But so okay. When it comes to theory, it's called Theory University, and our process when someone comes in, you can either you know. Um, lease our curriculum that we already have, which is an entrepreneurship course. Or we can design something custom for you, which I really like to do. And so we do an intake and we really just like, hey, what is it that you're wanting to do? Who's the target audience that you have in mind? And then we'll customize an experience based off of that. Now, everyone goes through the same funnel. The process just feels different depending on what your end goal is and what you're starting off with. Um, So we have people who start off and they're like, hey, I already have this amount of money and this is the target audience, this is the idea that I have, design me something. Whereas we might have someone who is like, okay, I've already got the funding, I've already got the program designed out, but we need help with the implementation or we need help with the curriculum. And so that's where we come into play. Um, We haven't necessarily gotten any contract or been a part of any project that doesn't have what I would say our target audience involved um which would be like I would say our community like the black and brown community or the underserved community depending on what the actual project is Okay. so yeah, yeah. also
2: I think it's important to add that you know we were focusing towards adults but over the past couple of years a lot of our building and engagement has been with youth from 14 to 24. So uh, it's not just adults. That was always a roadmap item for us, but it got accelerated, so to speak, uh, because of just circumstances in the environment. And we were able to step up to that. So we're really proud of that, too, that we're in that space.
0: Yeah, yeah man. And I'm, uh, how do you say it? I have been memorialized in one of your programs? Because I remember re- recording a video for one of your curriculum programs that you put together. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a fun time. All right, folks. Um, What's next for the U, right? As you guys think about 2022, 2023 and beyond, what are you thinking about for the U and how do you wanna make an impact in the city? Yeah, we're in
1: scale. Yeah, we are definitely in scale. Um, Right now we are bringing on a rock star team. Um, And so, and we're looking to scale, we're looking to expand physically. (laughs) Um, And so we're gonna get, you know, more space. Um, I think for me, um, it's really about building out the best team possible um, so that we can really execute with excellence in every area that we have with the business. Um, I know personally, I'm looking to retire. (laughs) But no, I I will say, um, I won't necessarily retire, but I think realistically for myself, what it looks like is we prove concept here. Mm -hmm. And if we prove concept here, then we move to, we let everyone run it here and then we move to this um, space where now we're trying to have these pop-ups in different areas and go more so on a national level. Um, I've traveled a lot and I've been so many places where I'm like, hey, something like this is needed. So if we can prove that this works here, then that's kind of like my five year, three to five year goal, with yours? I mean,
2: it's pretty much the same, right? Um, we were privileged to be able to, we were in a privileged position to be able to really stick with the U, we really were. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard. Uh, family, everyone you know, kind of chimed in, helped us get here. Now that we feel like we've nailed the playbook, now it's time to train other people to continue that playbook, right, to keep running those plays. And we really want to step back and start to grow this out in other areas. You know, locally, we want to do the incubator. That's why we want space. So anybody out there that's got space available, specifically in uh, one of these BIPOC communities, which is where we'd like to be where we want to serve the people, or be where, you know, the people are that we want to serve, um, we're looking for space. And we're looking, you know, warehouse style, multi-level, enough we can have incubation, we can have studio, we can have training all in one location with good parking. So that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's that's our local goal. Um, of course, obviously still working with our allies, other groups in the community. Uh, we've been in heavy talks with a lot of social impact organizations here in Columbus.
0: Let's let's, let's name drop if you're allowed. I mean, if, if there's no like clause in your contract that can't say who you've produced content for, because sometimes the, the, the social proof is necessary, right? So you have your testimonials from your cohorts i'm sure it's in abundance i'm going to sing your praises because i'm here every week on the studio side let's talk about those organizations that have worked with you that you've produced curriculum for if you are allowed to say a little humble brag right
1: now yeah um so we've done stuff for um franklin county um, my brother's keeper columbus urban league um we are in talks we actually did a few workshops with Mm (laughs) ecdi Um, we're in talks right now, um, with Sea change um, I feel like I'm missing, we did TEDx, you know, we've had a level of engagement with TEDx, uh, uh, KLB, oh my goodness, <laughs> I, feel like that, I feel like there's like a
0: whole list. The resume is long, alright, so yes. Then
2: we look at the list of things that we have projects. We have a projects folder, and we sit down and look at it. We're like, "Oh my gosh, we've really touched a lot of uh, entities." But but those are some of the bigger ones that we've we've done work
0: with. Let's talk. Let's talk virtual events. I mean, you guys were cranking out virtual events for a lot of organizations during COVID as well on the studio side. So not only were you producing great curriculum, you were also helping them right keep communicating with their audiences. And so. Uh, kudos to you. All right, guys, anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to touch on before we close?
1: I did forget to mention this. When you mentioned what is our like three to five year goal or two, um, I forgot to t- to make sure that I say the most important part. We really want to make this ecosystem, this entrepreneur support organization ecosystem more inclusive and less fragmented. And when I say inclusive, I'm not just talking about on a DNI aspect. I mean, when an entrepreneur wants to start, they understand this is where I can go and there, it's easy. When someone engages with us, I feel like they get a different experience if they engage with the SBDC. That's not necessarily bad, but we have to make it We have to take these barriers down and make it feel less fragmented for the user experience. So that's just really building a more collaborative effort. Um, And so that's kind of like our big, big goal is before we move on to do national level Mm -hmm. things, here we're going to make this space more collaborative, um, whatever that looks like.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, Lo. Yeah, because that's been a lot of our time in meetings here this year specifically, is working with those peer uh, organizations because Thankfully, a lot of these organizations in Columbus right now are of the same mindset, right? And so we're sitting down at the table with all the different organizations that are putting in this work. And we're trying to make sure we have that, that communication and continuity. And everybody understands what each other does so we can help put people in the right place, build that map for them.
0: Cool. Well, Lo, Ski, thank you so much for joining me. I'm out of practice with this in-person thing so thank you for being the first folks to join me back in person after a long zoom hiatus all right folks that was the podcast with lolo and ski i hope you enjoyed it this is my one thing back in 08, we had organizations that were too big to fail in 2022 the u is an organization that's too important to fail one of the things i want to let you guys know is because of your authenticity i think you've built something very unique It's one thing to build a successful business, but it's another thing to build a business that's so critical that nobody will allow you to fail. I want to let you guys know that no matter what you were going through in 2020 and 2021, nobody in this startup community was going to let the you go away. All right, folks, that's my final word. My name is Elio Harmon. Thank you so much for being a fan of the show. Uh, Hopefully you'll join us again soon. Until next time. Peace.